guys, welcome to another edition of Fired Up Radio. I am your host, Anthony Hansen. It's so great to have you guys here on Monday morning, 7.30. As you're on your way to work, or possibly on your way home from work, for overnight, which are no fun at all. I'm glad you guys tuned in anyway. Or whenever you just decide to tune in here on Fired Up Radio. As... We've been taking this rather interesting journey through the book of James. Um, right now we're still in chapter 1. We're going through verses 9 through 11. 9 through 11 is today's verses from the book of James. And it's going to be quite an interesting one. I've had taken the time. I've meditated on this passage. And you wouldn't think that's... A passage like this would have so much to say, but there's a lot to say, and it's hard to just to just put it into bite-sized pieces. But we're going to try to do that today. All right. But first off, let me just go ahead and pray real quick, and then we'll just start diving in from there. Lord, we thank you for today, because you're faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. Your grace covers a multitude of sins, and your mercy is new every day. You are majestic and glorious in all your ways. We come before you with a humble heart and a submissive spirit, a teachable spirit, because you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come through the Father except through you, Jesus. And we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that you are our Lord and our Savior. And we ask of you, we call upon you as a great teacher, to teach us, to give us the insight, the wisdom, and the understanding in what you're telling us and what you want us to learn as we continue to journey through James chapter 1. We love you, Jesus, and we praise your name. Amen. And amen. So here we are in James chapter 1 still. We're taking a look at verses 9 through 11. 9 through 11 of James chapter 1. And it reads like this. Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation. But let the rich boast in his humiliation. Because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass. His flowers fall off. And his beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. Now, while reading through this passage, it became, it almost became tedious because it's like, how can something as what originally came across as one game as a scripture? as this passage of scripture came off as, packed so much. Because the one thing that you got to understand is that, yeah, we could read through scripture and just, you know, read it, take it for what it is, but that's just only going skin deep. We need to go deeper when it comes to reading God's word. So I started to slow it down a little bit. Because I felt like there was something. Because if there wasn't, then why was it put together as the kingdom of Scripture to begin with? 
doesn't make sense. So there has to be something here for us to understand. Well, as I took the time to put my notes and in, in, in my annotations together and my markings within within this within these few verses, the number one thought that came to mind within the first two verses of nine and ten was that God does things in the reverse order. Well, allow me to show you. Notice how he opens up the verse with the word let. Let. Meaning that we are to be giving room or permission to operate and to speak about our trials and seasons of life or whoever is going through humble circumstances. Humble circumstances. Okay? Because when we give people the opportunity to share about their journey as a Christian, their walk as a believer, as we give them permission to just openly share where God is taking them and what God has shown them, then guess what? We give them room to not only grow, but we're able to help each other in the spiritual aspect as well as the physical to meet that need. So God isn't just, or the Apostle James is not just telling us this so that way we can just just applaud them for their journey. No, that's not it. But it's for now, but it's for one, the person who's going through humble circumstances to keep their vision of Christ. But number two, for those who are listening on the testimony, because mind you, he says, boast in his exaltation. And he says, for the rich, to boast in his humiliation. Okay? And those two words are opposites, exaltation and humiliation. We'll get, that to, we'll get to that in a minute. But for the brother of humble circumstances, boast in his exaltation. Meaning what example? Well, one of humble circumstances is, it, it, it's interesting because the humble will be exalted and the rich, or in other words, well, if we were to substitute that word rich with proud because of the context in which we're given here in verses 9 through 11, okay, that the rich or the proud will be brought low difference one one is focused on Christ and nothing in this world is satisfying while the rich or the proud however you want to dictate it sees and seeks and gains momentary satisfaction and glorifies themselves or the works that they've done with their own hands Okay. The rich build themselves up. Now, those of humble circumstances are content with what's given to them and works with what they have to gain the ultimate prize. What's the ultimate prize? Well, we're told earlier on in verses 2 through 4 about that prize. And 
one separate. Well, let's go back to James chapter 1, verses. Uh, hold on. Yeah. In James, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. In James. Hold on. Uh, let me get this squared away here. Okay, yeah, in verse 12. We're told later on in the very thing that the very reward that we'll receive in James chapter 12, and that is the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Okay. That's surprise at the end of it. Because think about it. The very things that we obtain here in this life are nothing in comparison to what we're going to receive in heaven. And we can't take what we have on this earth with us in heaven. We simply can't. So what's the point of chasing for everything monetary here on earth? Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having nice cars. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house. There's nothing wrong with having a nice bank account. Nothing wrong with having a nice diverse portfolio on stocks and bonds and, and mutual funds. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having the fruits of your labor that exposes how how much of a good steward you are in managing God's money. Nothing wrong with that. Because when you're faithful to with a little, he'll make you ruler over much. That's what he tells us. So what does that mean? We will be blessed when we're faithful with what we're given. Because we will be elevated as we remain faithful to Him. There's the difference. The rich or the proud, in other words, their eyes aren't fixed on Jesus. Their eyes and their, and their mentality is not, oh, this is God's money. This is God's God has given me this life, so I am to manage it in, in a way that is pleasing unto God and that exposes my faithfulness to Him. When yet those of the humble circumstances boast in their exaltation. Okay? In, exa in the word exaltation, okay, it's, it, it's, a matter of, it's a matter of elevation. It's a matter of being brought high when yet still maintain a humble and meek spirit and heart. Okay, that's the only way that we begin to experience exaltation or elevation is when we continue to maintain a humble and meek. We come, we continue to maintain a humble heart and a meek spirit. Forgive me for fumbling over my words here, but that's when elevation begins to take place. Okay, and we can cover meekness on a whole other day. Probably one day when we go through the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. But this is where humble circumstances come into place. Okay, to be humble is to realize that what you have in front of you is not yours. God has opened up the windows of heaven, poured out his blessing on you, for you to be able to manage and so that way it can multiply. The rich don't see it as that. How do we know this? 
Well, verse 10, it reads, But let the rich boast in his humiliation, because he will pass away like a flower of the field. Okay. In other words, the possessions of the rich man, or the, or the proud man, they're not going to save him. They're not. They're simply not. All in all, this is what verses 9 and 10 are saying. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Okay? There's a constant reminder to stay low, to remain humble, and we will be exalted. Because we are not of this world, as we accept Christ, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus, as Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17. We do not gain a seat in heaven based on based on our doing or merit, but be, but based on what was done for us. That being Jesus coming into this earth through the immaculate conception, through Mary. Okay, he lived on this earth for thirty three years, died on the cross for our sins, buried. For three days and rose on the third day and is now seated in, at the throne at the right hand of the Father, exalted, high and lifted up, with angels surrounding him, singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, he who was and is and is to come. This is who we're worshiping here. This is who we are to remain humble towards. It's because of him we're sought as righteous. It's because of him we are forgiven. For though our sin made us as red as scarlet, it's his blood that washes over us and makes us white as wool. Okay. When we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are made new. We, whenever we pray, whenever we come to the Father, he sees his only begotten Son. We are adopted into the kingdom of heaven because of his son. Jesus paid the ransom, the ultimate sacrifice, to bridge the chasm between us and God, the Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that chasm is sin, and Jesus bridged that gap. Okay? This is what verses 9 and 10 are telling us all together. Alright, uh, this is some deep stuff. It's very heavy packed in just a couple of verses. And it astounded me as well. Because I'm sitting here wondering how I'm going to piece all this together and how God wants me to structure it. Because I'll tell you one thing, as I was trying to structure this, nothing about it was easy. It was hard to piece together and how God wanted me to present it. This. Because it's just so much. If I were to show you my notes and how I sorted through this verse, there's just colors crossing each other, words being maneuvered so in that way I'm able to know what's a clear, coherent sentence of the thoughts and observations that came through my mind as I was reading, as I was meditating on these verses. Because there's a lot that God's telling like, for instance, the second point, okay? First point is reversed order. 
but there's a reverse order that happens. Essentially, the last will be first and the first will be last. So wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Who's the righteous? Those who are enduring humble circumstances. Those who have a humble heart and a submissive spirit to the, to the spirit of God and the will of the Father. Okay. So that's point number one, reverse order. Point number two, seasons of change that bring forth reality. Okay, is when reality hits. Reality hits. And we find this, okay, in the second half of verse 10 into verse 11. Okay. Just to start off reading from verse 10 on down. For let the rich boast in his humiliation. Boom. Reality hits. The rich are brought low. The proud are brought low. Okay. Those who are wise in their own eyes are brought low. Because he will pass away. He will be promised. For sure. You can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. He's going to pass away. In other words, from this life unto the next. He, only he and he alone will travel from this life unto the next. In front of God, who's seated on the throne in the judgment seat. Okay? But let the rich boast in his humiliation because he will pass away. Like, James is drawing, drawing, drawing a string here. He, he, he's bringing forth a simile through imagery, like a flower of the field. Okay? What does a flower of the field have anything to do with the rich? What does a flower of the field have anything to do with for the rich to boast in his humiliation? Well, let's find out because he finishes, he, he continues that thought in the next sentence and verse in verse 11. For the sun rises and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass. Essentially, summertime. Okay. Its flower falls off. Here we go. Remember, the rich is like the rich will pass away. Like the like the flower of the field. Okay. Its flowers fall off and its beautiful appearance perishes. You got that? The rich are like the flower of the field. And the flower of the field, the flower falls off and his beautiful appearance perishes. Okay? In the same way, the rich person, James is bringing this all together now. He's bringing it full circle. The rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. What is James telling us here? James uses imagery of the seasons and how cult, how wildlife reacts. Okay. When the flower begins when the flower's colors and petals begin to fade and and dies off, this is speaking of the fall time. This is where 
everything. Have you ever noticed enough all time things just begin to die off? Flowers. Leaves. Excuse me. Leaves off the trees. Things start to become more bare. It's harvest time. So what does that mean? Apples are taken off the trees. The cornfields are being pulled up. Because the corn is being harvested. And they're preparing for the next. For the next. For the next season to come. Okay. This is what a farmer does. When it comes to harvest time. They grab the harvest. Tear up the ground. And plant the seed for the next year. Based on the seed. That they have to plant. And the time frame in which the plant grows. Okay. Plant it too early. You're going to get bad crop. Grow to Plant it too late. You're late for the harvest season. And you can't get your best. You can't get your money's worth out of it. Okay. But here's the thing. This is all in all. Quite frankly this is all I got left. It's just these two points. Okay, this is where reality hits. There's nothing in this world that you can chase or do in order to save yourself. There's nothing in this world that will ever satisfy you because it's all momentary. It only lasts for a short amount of time. A car on the road only lasts for 10 years and then it's upgraded for a newer car. From its owner. Unless you buy junker after junker after junker. Just to get out of debt. Follow Dave Ramsey method. Then yeah you really know that nothing in this world lasts forever. Yes we are called to leave a legacy. And to leave an inheritance for our children's children's children. We are called to take care of the generations that are to come after us. That's not, what, that's not what I'm against here. That's not what James is talking about here. But those who choose to deny God and continually build with their hands, thinking that they are God themselves, this is where they're wrong. This is where the humiliation happens. Because just as easy as they got it, it'll go, it'll go past them just as fast, if not faster. If Jesus is not the center of it all, if Jesus is not the purpose, the source, nor the meaning in which you operate, guess what happens? You miss out, you lose out, and the purpose in which you are doing everything is done in vain. John chapter 15. What, what do we read? I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus says. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What does that tell me? In order for anything and everything to be productive and to produce life and to have meaning and to have purpose, it all starts with Jesus. That's the difference between the rich man and the brother of humble circumstances. One has their gaze 
and to use and their gaze is fixed on the goal at hand, the finish line, in receiving those faith, those words that we all long for. Well done, my good and faithful servant, and to be crowned with the crown of life. Yet at the end of the day, what happens to those who receive their crown? When you read through the book of Revelations, each man, each person who receives their crown tosses it at the feet of Jesus and worships him. Why? Because he's the reason that we're able to persevere. We're able to endure trials and tribulations. We're able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. Why? Because the Lord our God is our front and rear guard. He dispatches angels on our behalf, surrounding us with walls of fire that no fiery dart can penetrate and every attack of the enemy is made null and void. He rebukes the devourer on our behalf, extinguishes every fiery dart of the enemy, and whatever is done in darkness is brought to light. This is the power which resides in us, through us, and around us because we believe in Jesus Christ and because we seek the face of God and because we continue our relationship with Jesus. Guess what happens? Things begin to flourish. As we continue to be content with what God has given us and has entrusted us to manage, we will be given more. But the key is to remain humble and to have a spirit of meekness, to have a heart of meekness, because it's not by our might, nor by our power, but by the Spirit of God that resides within us, that we're able to do exceedingly and above anything and everything that is given unto us. It's not us. It's never been about us. But it's always been about us being setting forth, portraying the image of the kingdom of God in this dark world. The rich man can't do that. The rich man, the proud man, can never do anything to save his soul. He could donate all his money. He could do anything and everything. But yet, nothing will save his life. Just like the rich young ruler. He's done everything right in regards to how he lived. But Jesus knew the issue. The issue was the heart of the matter was his money. God was not his true God. But money was his true God. And Jesus, what did Jesus tell him? He told him, take all your riches, sell it, Give it to the poor. Come follow me. What happened? The countenance of the rich young ruler fell and walked away. So what did he end up doing? Pursued his activities. Meaning what? The flaw of man is to always seek external fulfillment while sustaining some sort of satisfaction when it is when it is only meaningless when you are chasing the wrong things.
all meaningless. Okay. We can chase for whatever we want. But it's all meaningless at the end of the day because we can't take it with us to heaven. We can't. We can't. Excuse me. Okay. No wealth goes with, with, with any of us until the next life. So I encourage you this day to really take time to reflect. Are you the brother or sister of humble circumstances? Or are you the rich man who's going to boast in his humiliation? All because you choose to pursue the activity. You choose to pursue monetary things. Things of momentary value and carry no meaning and no purpose. Which one are you going to be today? Number one. Number two, how long are you going to stick with it? For many of you who say that you're Christians, we ought to be saying that we're all brothers and sisters of humble circumstances. Because we can go ahead and build up a bank account and stock portfolios and have everything nice. But the question is, where's our heart? Where's our, where's our focus at? Is it to please God? Or is it to please ourselves? I just want to leave you with that train of thought. Okay? Just want to leave you with that train of thought today. That being said, let me wrap this up with prayer and then, um, and yeah, I hope to, I hope you guys tune in for Wednesday, for Warring Wednesday. Again, the episode will be aired at 7.30 Central Standard Time. And it will be uploaded, ready to go for you guys. As we join together in interceding for one another, standing in the gap, praying for one another for healing and deliverance, and whatever else the Lord guides us to pray about. Alright? So with that being said, Jesus, we thank you for this time. For just embedding ourselves in your word. And seeing how you're flipping the script. And how the last will first, that being those of humble circumstances, being exalted, and the first will be last, that being the rich boasting in their humiliation. Father, we don't want our eyes to be veering off to the left nor to the right, but continually have us in check. Holy Spirit, continue to check our heart and our mind. One, for the motives in which we operate in. And two, ensuring that our vision is always fixed on the cross. Our vision is fixed on the finish line. Our vision is fixed on the kingdom of heaven. In pleasing our Father, who is in heaven. And may your name be blessed forever, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In your mighty, most precious name we pray. Amen. And amen.
I love you guys. See you Wednesday, 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here again on Fired Up Radio for Warning Wednesday. I'm your host, Anthony Hanson. Love you guys. See you then.